Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Here we are again at the Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. Boy, I can't sing. Josh Mavis is here with me. Y'all know him. You hear him if you listen in. The uh, velvety southern voice is of not, a velvety southern It is very gentleman. southern. I don't know about velvety, but anyway. He's, it's velvety. It's velvety. That's what it is. Yeah. It's full of velvety. Spam and velvety. A lot of other things. But anyway, he is here with the Mavis. Here. That was, that was, now that was. That wasn't even Southern. That was country. You are where you're from, man. Just, mm. You know the mic adds 10 pounds of redneck to your voice. Yours does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it straight does. <laughs> straight does. What's new? What's new in the world today? We have a president, and we have you know actors and activists, and we have whatever. Just a lot, lot of the same. Well, speaking about presidents, activists, and stuff in that area, and things, stuff and things, my mm-hmm. two favorite when you don't have Let's any. Let's talk about stuff and things. Stuff and things. Presidential campaigns involve a lot of things called polling. Polling. With that being known, today's topic is going to be, tell them what they get today, Joshy. Mm, I'm going to say we're going to talk about research. Research? But what type of research? I don't know. I didn't get the I didn't get the memo. I'm just here to talk. I don't write memos. Oh, well, that's how I didn't get it. No, I don't. I don't. Survey. Are we talking about survey? There, there. Ding, ding, ding. With the trolley. Yes. Can, can I can I talk later about focus groups? Yes. And Today we're going to talk about them? consumer surveys, polling, and focus groups. How's that? I'm excited. It's tactical. It's useful. Relevant. Mm-hmm. And people do it. Some do. So let's get started. Survey. Josh, what do you do to start a survey? Well, I call a survey company first normally. I mean, that's that's how I start it. Well, you start with what you want to know. Um, you, you have to have a question. You have to have – you do, I suppose, have to begin with the end in mind of, <laughs> of what are you – you testing. I'm, I'm a guy that believes anytime you do research that you must have some some theory you're testing or a specific goal. Some out there just do some surveys to figure out what they should do next, I think. I don't know how that works, but um, you, uh, you really need to have some sort of well, we question can, you're trying to answer. We can, Yes, you do have to have a question you can answer. I think you do survey to see Maybe not what you should do next, but how much you should do of what you do next. Like, in other words, if you survey for your brand name and brand awareness, which I'm going to lead to in a minute, and you find out you have none, you probably need to spend some money on branding. Right, but you should have some suspicion of that before you go in. Yes. You didn't just say, I wonder what the people will tell me they think about my bank. Yes. That's well. you're going to ask that, but you should have some idea of that anyway. You're testing it. You yes. should have – you're going to ask about name, idea, and awareness, but you're going to to know. So if I'm starting a survey out with a question, and if you can – we can either both explain whatever. Tell the folks at home what unaided awareness is. Ooh, this is my favorite, least favorite thing because it's tough. Um, aided, unaided recall 
is um, that fun thing. Maybe you've gotten this this phone call after a certain big game, and they ask you, "Did you see any ads, or did you did you watch any television?" Yes. Did you watch any sports programming? Yes. Did you watch a football game? You know, and so they aided recall, aided unaided recall is trying to figure out what responses you will give back and so that you intersperse those questions with questions about the brand. And so what what you know, you get a high score generally if somebody mentions a specific brand early on, like, oh, I saw a cooler spot. Or and it was amazing. Or whatever. Well, that's really high. And like, yeah, you haven't, I mean, even, mentioned like a, you haven't even mentioned a genre yet. Yeah. So, like, you have said, do you remember a brand? And they said, I mean, we're always using big brands. They say Nike. Well, yeah, that's good. And yeah. then if you said, do you remember a shoe brand? And they say it, that's still unaided awareness. It's just the second yeah, tier. It's, what, it's, it's levels of. And the worst result in an aided, unaided re- recall test is when you mention, say, a slogan like, um, yeah, I remember just do it. Uh, but but it was was but you, it, was but it you, Budweiser? But you named the creative. But it was had Clydesdales. Like yeah, just yeah. do it with the Clydesdales. Yeah, and then that makes everybody cry because they just spent a bunch of money for you to not understand their brand line or whatever. <laughs> but uh, so the way I look at it is is is, is there fifty five hundred banks in the country. So your unaided awareness, except in a smaller market, is really hard to come by because they'll the call might say. Have you seen any bank ads lately, or do you think about but banks? But that's aided. And they'll say, it's, it is aided, but the unaided answer is when they said, tell me tell me a ba- one, yeah. and they say four or five different banks. Well, those are unaided. And then, and then the second to be aided is when they, to me, aided is when they say, have you heard about Renaissance, Renaissance Bank? Yeah. Use my bank. And yeah, then let's get it a little. The person says, yes. Well, then you now you've gone from yeah. unaided to aided awareness. Low score. Low score. But they... If they're being honest, they've heard of it. Now, if they say the one that hurts my feelings is when you get unaided, aided, and then they get down there, they just haven't heard of it altogether, and that's when you've got a branding problem. Yeah, no, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, no, never heard of them. I mean, because it will get down to have you heard what, of you go, you go into our newer markets, you're not going to hear that. So yeah. then you say, well, if you have, do, have you heard this? You, you trail your survey in two ways. If you have, you start asking about brand, what they know. If they haven't. You say, well, of the banks you've heard of, what do you like? And you kind of ask yeah, other there, questions. There, there's some secondary questioning there of basically why haven't you? Do you live under a rock? But I think any any survey uh, worth its salt must begin, or this is my opinion, our podcast opinion, Josh may have a different one. But my opinion is it has to start with unaided awareness because if you don't know that anyone knows your brand, I don't know how you can get into product, customer journey, et cetera, et cetera, what yeah. you want to know about the client. If they, don't know, if they don't know who you are. Yeah. And that's the other thing is I like to see what I like to do, and this is maybe simpleton on my part, is match up the awareness score with the deposit percentage off FDIC.gov and look. And it should match up to where your higher unaided awareness matches your deposit share in a certain market. So you can go in and say, you know, in Atlanta, we don't have a lot of market share. So then they ask, and our unaided awareness is really low. But then you go into, say— They didn't know to do business with you. Because they don't know of you, mm-hmm. and and you go to so so the other the good part about it is though you're fresh, no one has any negative context on you. Mm-hmm. You go into Mississippi where we've been here 113 years now. Uh, we have first or second average second market share in every market, first and some third, but average second. And you ask, I, I think last time we we haven't done a survey of, of this type of years, but we had 88 to 90 percent name awareness. That's combining the 89, 80, but but generally every. 
90% of people that took the survey had heard of Renaissance Bank. Yeah. And then within those, just so you know, and we don't need to describe full disclaimer so somebody doesn't hear this and just rake us over the coals. We're not fully describing this, okay? We know that. No, we're, this and, is very and high You level. need to know that. But, I mean, there's ranking, you know, um, naming sets of where are you in the list and things like that. So Then you go from, from the recall, you start asking questions about what they think about the bank. and Behavioral questions. Behavioral questions, yeah. How do you make a decision? What sort of products do you look for in a bank? I mean, it's... So you can... Internally, you can answer a lot of these questions with a CRM system. You can, because you can dial up what people do. From your customers. From your customers. But there may may be a thing that you find out, again, beginning with that question in mind, why are we not getting any treasury management business? And you find out through research that there's a strong treasury management bank or CNI bank in your region that's getting that because they're advertising. Maybe they're doing some direct mail that you didn't see. You haven't, you're not privy to, or maybe you find out that people don't think of you. Or um, they don't know what that is. Yeah. I find that banks, a lot of times, if they, and sur- they don't, if the they way. survey this properly, especially on the investments, banks that carry an investment or wealth management arm, they'll start surveying and, and people will. And what I've seen is that people that take the surveys will say, Hey, yeah, I knew you were a bank. I know what banks do. Well, did you know we have investment services? Did you know we have wealth management services? Did you know we have financial planning services? No, nope, didn't know. No, nope, didn't know. Uh, and they're going to the, the low awareness. They're going to yeah, low awareness. They're going to the other entities that do that because yeah. they just don't know that banks do that. And I think banks have done a better job over the years of cross cross relationship building. Notice I didn't say the the evil sell. No, I, I no it's, it's, it's relationship growth. Yeah, relationship but I mean, you also may find out that your marketplace has no target audience to invest money. Well, I've talked, well, that's, and we didn't even get to the survey pool. I mean, yeah. you've, you've got to pick out the right pool to survey. But, but again, if you did, you know, a good mix, you may find out that they're not in, interested in the product that you have. You may live in a high residential community, and that branch doesn't need to offer treasury management because there are no businesses there with whom. Yeah. You can, if if you do your markets correct and set up your demographic and the pool you're marketing for what you want to know correct, you can find out if a certain product wouldn't work there. And this is the flip side. It may cost for the survey, but it will save you on placement dollars. Yep. For instance, in, if there's a market that's your heavy name ID, heavy brand awareness, heavily known, I, w- I would be of the opinion you could almost back it up to customer events, internal growth. Uh, being seen in the community, and you could back off the expensive big brand stuff, and then you go into another market where you have low name awareness, low name ID, uh, unaided, almost not even there. That's when you go in and you buy big TV and you buy big. Well, then you direct. Things. I mean, I mean, yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna advertise, then it's not about awareness of the entity; it's about awareness of a product that's profitable. You need to do this here. So this is going to sound like a very setup question. Uh, but we began with the end in mind. So why would you – let's just say this. I'm going to my boss, and I've heard this podcast for the five of you that listen to it. Kidding. But you hear it, and you go – Five times two. Times ten. So that's what our numbers say. Hey, hey. Fastest growing podcast in the first quarter of 2017. Alternative facts. Anyway, <laughs> um, the uh, let's, let's say you hear this, and you go, you know what? Our bank is not, hasn't done a survey in a while. Or maybe you never have since you've been there, and you're the marketing coordinator, director, manager, director of whatever. 
and you go to the boss and, and you say, we need to do a survey. And the boss says, why? What do you say to him? Well, I mean, I, I hopefully there's some driving force either inside or outside that's obvious. Um, we said earlier there's, you know, we're not selling a product that we expect to. Deposits are down. Um, we've been advertising a certain thing, and we haven't seen a response. The gut was that we needed to advertise safe deposit boxes, lock boxes, and, and nobody's opening them. You missed your metric somewhere. Or before you invest, you, you go to see what um, – not that you should be running advertising for that. That was an example. But you have to have, as part of your strategy – Likely it's going to be um, a new uh, mission beyond the survey. So you're really asking by asking to a survey, I need more information about this thing I can't possibly know so I can execute with our budget most efficiently. And, you know, if your people are going to ask you for an ROI, it's not going to be directly from the survey. That's going to have to be tied to another thing. If you let me do this survey – my confidence interval, my 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 confidence in how this campaign will perform, a $100,000 campaign, I believe if we tweak it a little bit, we may make $500,000 in fee revenue off of this campaign. But if we don't test it, I may only make two hundred. Well, that's a big spread if you can communicate well, it with confidence. And, and to that, I'm going to break a little bit. I... I Dialed up an old survey that we had. This is from that I'm looking through because we've done these every two to three years on some of our brand advertising and such. This one's from this one's five six years old, so nothing in it's too proprietary that would cause a uproar. Uh, but I'm going to read here where it says uh, I, I like this bullet point I'm reading because I forgot about this. You can actually get ideas of how you need which demographics you need to advertise towards, which will save money and make you a better advertiser, better marketer. For one here, it said, and I'm reading just a bullet point, and you won't have any knowledge of what it is, but it says, based on major age categories, uh, Renaissance has significantly higher unaided uh, recall among those 18 to 44 versus those 45 years and older uh, in the 2011 study. And it says, is apparent that advertising at Renaissance over the past year has increased awareness over, among, amongst younger individuals. So it's saying our unaided recall Your growth was our, higher. Our unaided recall for those eighteen to forty-four. It's a key gauge when you can still switch people. I believe mm -hmm. retail-wise was fifty-two percent. So we had really good there. And then it said when we got older, forty-five years or older. And this was in a, a certain market. I'm not going to get into the market, but it said in the market, forty-five or older, it was thirty-nine percent unaided recall. And so what happened was is our advertising was built towards a younger demographic. It was music it was digital and so we grew it and made it higher there than the other one to me it that depends on what your what your strategy is and what you want to do but to and your goal is but to me that's a good thing because that was where the advertising was going so this well, that survey was a question we wanted to test this survey backs did, up what we did did we did we do what we set out to do mm -hmm. and in this case yes and so for that person jumping up and down screaming saying but can't you tell that from the deposits or the, the accounts that you open? Yes, but that's not the only question we ask. Oh, oh, this this thing is on an inch thick. At least. But, yeah, but – and it, It's not. No, it's actually two inches. But anyway, uh, so that point, other things it can tell you is uh, the household earn, like what the – because they asked them in the survey, 
you know, what does your household bring in annually? So then you can get a breakdown of, you know, what the income is and then what they have and what they're, and if they've heard of you. So you get this good data. Now, can you get that from a CRM too? Eh, not well, maybe. What, what you get maybe. from the survey is a good, with this case, a good survey practitioner who can drill down. Do you do business with Renaissance now? Yes. Okay. Well, then we'll figure that out from the CRM. No. Well, why not? If you have high name ID at 18 to 44, yet you elected not to, to do business with, with the bank, why? I mean, that's my first question. Why, all right. You know about them. And then, and then well, that's we, the follow-up. That's we get the, the point. Then is, we get yeah. the and and the raked answers of not willing to move my account. I'm not looking at the survey, so I'm betting that's going to be a, a top reason. Um, happy with my bank. You know, there's a lot of things that normally are the same answer, but um, no reason to move. So then you can begin to figure out what your messaging is for the next cycle, how to convert those people. Yeah, and so to that point, that that's the other great thing is is finding out why they would move. And most most folks, the, the ones we've seen, it's like 30% might be willing to move and 70% that they're not even in play. Now there's a churn where you never know what that 30% is. Yeah. But 7 out of 10 are usually happy with their bank. That's too much of a rigmarole to go out and change their stuff. And so you get you get that. And, and I would – I would caution against doing a survey and getting the surveys back and knowing who took the survey and then trying to call them to sell them. I've seen a lot. I've heard a lot, kind Ooh. of like a push survey almost Ooh. where you try to. Oh, well, we know they might want to switch. No, nope. I think you've wait, you've you've tried to dip too you, hard. You double dip yeah, on you that dip one. Dip too hard. And on the converse, you can call your survey list with your um, your clients, yeah. so you're not served double dipping those either well i'm already a customer but there's also some great uh deep digs you can say too like i'm looking through some of these questions one was like um if they if if it's not their primary bank you then say is this a bank whatever insert the name is this a bank that you would definitely consider maybe consider or would not consider using and so you, you get them to say and if they say definitely consider you say okay why would you consider it and if they say maybe and if they say no you say why not and then you get them to open up from a yes or no question to an open-ended question, and they're going to give you probably some pretty good um, – I use the word narrative a lot. I don't know why I like that. But they're going to give you some pretty good narrative over why they would choose to use you or not. And then you can go, oh, well, this person said this. And you might kind of find a little, little – one of those little golden hidden threadles in there, a little thread that says, hey, we don't do that, and that's something we probably need to do. But Mr. Whitewise is going to give you the disclaimer now. So, after years of doing this, those narratives and some of these questions, what you will find and what you must approach the results with is a, is a sense of understanding that people answer surveys the way they think they should answer. Yes. That it is, it is the thing that we try to overcome the most in statistical analysis that but but it, of a phone survey, they're trying to get off the phone the fastest. What I'm trying to get to the end of the, I'm trying to find the closed ended question that gets me off the phone. And people generally want to please people too. Yeah. I, I think that you know. But, what, but they yes, want to I want to bank with you. Yes, I want to bank with you. You know, um, or they're just on the other side, hate you, whatever. But but just take, be able to discern these. I'm not gonna say take all the results with a grain of salt. I've seen these that are this long. Cock and bull story about how 
I wanted to, but there was a mountain in my way, and my car ran out of gas, and a ferret ran across the road. I chased the ferret down the hill into the, and I didn't think with you. Oh yeah, it wasn't. It was. It was almost that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah. There is no learning to be garnered and gathered from that answer. But, but I and and I agree. There take. Take them with the proverbial grain of salt, but still read through them. See if there's a narrative in a certain market. You might find that ten people said, "Oh, that's that that's that bank that came in and bought another bank, and we don't like them because they bought the community bank that we did this my in a family market, banked in for years." We did this in a market that's not your bank. That we found that there was incredible, um, like an anomalous amount of merger and acquisition that happened in there. And people just had merger fatigue. They were in shell shock. They're not, I'm stuck. I'm not moving. And when you see somebody petrified with fear, like they've had their bank changed three or four times without having been asked. Oh, well, during 2010 and 2011, yeah. I mean, if you went up to Florida, you know, Florida or North Georgia in that area, I mean, you're talking about seven, eight, nine banks switching in a few months. And then one buys it or one acquires another one, then fails. And then yeah. this and then buys another one because of. Oh, I get it. And, and so you you might you may again you're you're not doing this to waste your money. So hopefully you do find. But well, some things you can find out is is brand strength, and one way you can do that is is ask a question like why would why would you use or have you used this bank in the past? Why do you use them now, or why have you used them in the past? And then you can ask questions like prior experience, convenient location, quality of service, products offered, um, and then you can list some of those. You can say I know an employee. You'll find that a, a lot of percentage will be family. They know, especially in your community bank, they'll say, "Oh, I know somebody." That's the reason I bank there. Someone referred me. I bank there, so you can find out, and then you can go through and you can score your brand. And if you're telling everyone that you're the service bank, but everyone's banking with you because of some other reason, your messaging's off. Mm-hmm. And, or if you say we're the we're the bank with the most locations, and location is like. 15th out of your 20 you that people care about and people care about something else and you should probably stop advertising location but let me tell you my favorite story about research the mall story no i have two favorite stories about research <laughs> i know his story's better than he does he does um so let, i'm gonna segue self-segue about focus groups so we're talking about surveying generally phone surveying email surveying so focus groups. People ask me all the time, hey, before you do that, won't you do me a focus group? All right, you don't do a focus group before you have a thing to test. Okay? No, you have to test the thing on the focus group. Yes. Fo- te- focus groups are for, for testing. Is this, do you prefer A or B? If you hear this on the podcast, there is some at least lightweight construction going on, some, some vibrations, some good vibrations. Anyway... <laughs> Focus groups. Um, I'm, I can't. I can't. I can't work in this environment with the humming. <laughs> so, um, I was doing a focus group, moderating a focus group, and uh, for a bank that's represented in this room, and it was with some millennials. And um, I did not know I was going to do this, or I did not know where this was going to lead. But we asked what the factor was for. It's 14 people, I think. What was their factor for choosing a bank, their bank, uh, based off some issues? And the number one answer, 12 people answered their number one was location. Okay, I'm writing down my little clipboard. 
And I was kind of in autopilot at this mode for whatever reason. I said, well, how many of you have been to that branch in the last three months? Your nearest branch in the last three months? Zero. Okay, how many have been to the bank in the last six months? Zero. How many have been the last nine months? Zero. How many have been the last 12 months? Like one. And like the group actually got mad at me because they thought I baited them into a question. But what we found out through that, once you then me, I went off of autopilot and I was like, whoa, we're seeing some action here. Now let's dive back into this. Is they made the decision based on the location of the bank because they, in case I ever need it, I want it to not be out of the way. And then they went on with their digital banking and never went back again. And they never went back again. <laughs> yeah. And so the other que- the other favorite thing, real quick, is, I like this one. And it's a, it's it's a focus group survey story. It's and the, don't no names of the no, accused and no, the guilty. I'm not going to name cities or entities, but there is a city, a town. That um, a college town that was that has a shop had a shopping mall that everybody was it, w- it was this kind of running joke of how does this did the, the, the small town have a shopping mall I know it's got a college but the mall is never successful and um, oh it failed it became like some distributor bought it and just used yeah. it for warehousing or something but so anyway. I happened upon the answer one day <laughs> it's a good story. And just, I'm not verifying the truth of this story or the accuracy, but let's just it's say it's a story. Let's just say it's a story. But let's just say that I, I investigate enough to where I think it might be true. And this is one of those things. But this is a good buyer beware story. And I'm answering a question that somebody out there has. So this was in the late 70s, early 80s. And the, the developer said, well, let's do a survey of the town. To see if we need a, if, if we if it's need a this good mall. market for the mall. So they said, you know what? There's a college here, and we'll go to the MBA class or whatever, and they need some work, and we need it for free or for cheap. So let's go do the survey. They'll let, do let's it. let them do it. Yep. So the story is I was told by a graduate of the class that did the survey. Again, none of this verified is that it sat around for half a semester, and semesters can pass pretty fast. And they hadn't done them, and it takes a, a while to do this. They were supposed to be door-to-door, like go, knock on somebody's door, and they yeah, had a you card. you were going to send these 30 students out to all the community, and they were going to fill it out and get all the results. Which, by the way, this is bad methodology on so many points. But, yeah, but anyway. story, tell the story. So there's this group of students who had these stacks of these physical cards they had printed <laughs> that none of them had been filled out. And as the story goes, one of the geniuses of the group, who's maybe an attorney now because of this next part, the, the integrity here was, hey, you know what? I'm going to go buy us a case of beer. And some pizza. And pizza and, 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 a, and a stack of number two pencils. And we're going to sit up all night and do the surveys. Yep. And guess what? And, and, and 18 the point, months later, we have a shopping mall in a market that can by no means afford a shopping mall. Support it, yeah. And so, or afford it. Yeah, the, the market can't I, afford it, and they can What I'd heard, it. though, or what the story was, though, is there was no prejudice against or for how they filled them out. Like, they weren't trying to get them all there. 
Yeah, they just said, let's just all do this. I mean, it was like 18 people just filling it out. The the funny part, though, I mean, when you think about human nature, maybe this is surprising, maybe it's not, is that there was no outcome in mind. They didn't have like a stack of fours and against. They're like, we really want it. Let's go in. They didn't cook the books. They kind of randomly did it. <laughs> and And somehow or the other, the fours won out. Yeah, and it got back to the person who had ordered the research sitting there in their office in Minneapolis, Minnesota, or Los Angeles, wherever the developer was headquartered. They looked at it and they said, hey, they could support this mall. Everyone could afford it. They really need this. Look at this community. They're all for it. It's going to be great. It's going to work. And they go put it in there, and it bombs. And disclaimer, not this was students. This wasn't on the college or the university. And a lot's changed since then. And no disparagement to graduate research. But come on, it's funny. It, it, it's a funny story. For other than the, other than the fact that someone went broke and there's a whole a shell of a building sitting there in concrete with grass growing up through the cracks. But they've done something with it since then. They have. But to segue that or pull that back into our research. That is why not only are is your survey should you you've got to have good survey instruments, whomever uses it, whether it be phone, whether it be email. Email's a little shifty as well because who knows who's taking it at what time. And then uh you've got to also know where your survey's going. And then let's look at the focus group part of it, Josh. You spoke focus group. I mean, walk me you're, through you're testing something. So look, let's say you're doing a name change. I want to be first American Universal Bank. Don't, hey, I'll say this: Don't ask the focus group for suggestions. Do not. You're not. That's no, not what it's for. No. You put up A and B, and then you could do um, some recall or aided. Um, you know, t- teaching somebody to do a focus group through a podcast is impossible, really. But it's A versus B. Which one do you prefer? And then it's about association. It's not about answer. So this is one of the things that that amateurs who who do focus groups miss all the time is it's not about yes or no. It's about let's say you're trying to upgrade your name. Well, you need to know where you're going. Why do you want to upgrade the name? Well, our name seems common. So then you try to associate which one is not preferred by the focus group. And this is where so many people screw the pooch on this. Well, they liked it better. You just interviewed like 40 people or maybe even 400. It's not about who likes it better. Who associated with your strategy? So let's say you want to go. Yeah, how did it, you how did it associate your brand? You want to be unique. So then you need to associate. You need to test your ABC whatever with what's unique, which this one responded with the most uniqueness and then maybe you want to increase it to upscale so i sometimes i have people take like price tags and go get here's a ten dollar price tag here's a five dollar price tag here's a two dollar price tag what do you associate go stick it on the go stick it on the name that associates with that price yeah and it's about association it's not about i like snickers better than reese's yeah, and so and and it can be, but I'm telling you, the best ones are where you have a strategy that I wanted to make ads that look more upscale. Well, then, like I said, you have eight ads or three ads or two ads on a poster board, and you let people go put a price on and, it. Are you? And I would also say this, and sometimes we've done, sometimes we're not. If you can get a third party to do the to do the um, focus group, I would highly suggest doing it. And here's why. Every marketing director or marketing person or ad agency has one of the campaigns they like more, mm-hmm. one of the ads they like more, one of the slogans they like more. The 
the marketing director might have thought of one of them. Well, he wants his, and they'll lead. The, yeah, it's easy to lead. It's, it's easy to lead. So the best thing to do is to pull someone in there who is well qualified, who also can run. You got to run a photo. It takes organizational skills because you'll get opinions from you'll get herd mentality. You've got to be able to run the thing. And what you want to do is take the other folks, put them behind a wall. They can watch, but don't let the brand interact with the focus group because there are agendas and some of them are when i say hidden agenda not like they're hidden agendas they're more like subconscious agendas like you don't even know but you're like well that's the ad campaign i came up with so which one do you like better the one on the right or the others you know just doing little things that you don't know and all of a sudden smiling or and all of a sudden you get you get a campaign because it makes you happy which is another one of my arguments that i think is a big problem with with marketing which i'll sidebar on is is trying to impress executives with your marketing versus the marketplace. And I think that's a huge problem we have in marketing is, is you go to which your marketing should be good and should be quality. But when you work so hard to impress the board or the executives or executive management, and I'm one of your own executive. So you're trying to impress them with your marketing, but then the marketplace is just like, eh, you need to be impressed in the marketplace and the others will just fall in suit. And so you ask why this is why, yeah, this is why when executive management asks why look, 70 year old, person i know you preferred the jazz music one i went out and surveyed 400 people and they associated jazz music with old decrepit whatever closed down bars yeah we used this was associated with vibrance and all the factors you we agreed that our campaign was supposed to be yeah yeah And, and that that's that's one of the biggest problems I see in small community banks. You may and look, here's the deal. Let me let's, but, let's well, to that, but you let's may say, know as the marketing director, you may know the direction you need to go, but you can't prove it. And not only can you prove it, you know it's gonna get shut down. Yeah. And when you pull yourself out of it, when you I I didn't get in there, I didn't cook the books on this. This is what the people say. And I'll say this we videoed four of ours and yeah. we put it into a, a snippets into a video. And look, if you want to lead in that area, you could Cooked the video, but we didn't. Well, because, well, this was our video. We, we paid for the video. We paid for the video. So, and and let me throw out uh, uh, whatever I said that I led a focus group. It was for an issue that had nothing to do with what my agency did. No, it was. But you get the video, and so then you go in, you show the ads, you pitch the slogan, you pitch the brand, whatever, and then the exec says, well, I don't really know about that. And you go, oh, well, watch this. Click play, and you have all these opinions, all these people. You show them the demographics. Say there were you know, 20 ladies, 20 men from this background and this race and this whatever and this you know, income demographic. So you get a good mix, and you show them the video and say, look, look how they lit up when we played the rock and roll blues music, and look at when we played the little – corporate elevator music that you like because it doesn't hurt anybody's feelings but look at how they were just like eh, it was just eh, it didn't do anything so bite your bite your tongue mr executive you know that doesn't like it and let's go with this and then all of a sudden it works you drive more account openings you become more profitable you get your raise and your promotion and everybody's happy isn't that the way it happens no, nope. normally the executive management says, I don't give a damn what they said. We're going to run the one I said to. <laughs> and then, then they come back to you at your review and go, why are you not helping us differentiate yeah. our bank? Why are you not why – are, why, are why do we look like everybody else? Yeah, anyway. And you go, well – Damned I, if you do, damned if you yeah, don't. Yeah, I tried. Anyway, to wrap up our discussion today on surveying, uh, 
start out with some awareness have a have and find out what your brand awareness is and if you know it's aware find out why people bank with you why they don't find out what products are working for them but make sure that when you do that you know the demographic for which you're going to sell to uh, if you're and where you're interviewing if you're looking at focus groups i would highly suggest a third party i'd highly suggest you get it as objective as possible and take yourself out of it because they may like something that'll be successful and hey you'll get the credit anyway but there's always bias into the one who created something and the one who didn't. And then also use that as backup and as a resource to challenge uh, someone who's against it, who thinks that because their family started the bank or because they're the big shareholder or they're the big this or that or they're the board this, that that um, they have an opinion that's always right. And, hey, guess what? It may always be right. I'm just saying if you need the survey and the um, backup to prove your points, having a focus group and having a survey research on it is a great way to do that. And when you go into a focus group, you are not asking them to create. You're asking them to judge and give you a direction. You are not asking them to create. So make sure your tagline is done. Your ad is done when they see it. You don't go in asking them what they want to see. Yeah. Amen. Hey, speaking of surveying, we've been getting some mail from our folks, and they're driving some of these questions. Drop the mic. Or something. Um, Bam. Send your questions in. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Hate it, love it. Let us know what oh, you... Oh, I love a good kick in the shins. Yeah, I mean, it gets me fired up. Love it. Love it. I played in a, a soccer game last night and did not get kicked in the shins. Really? Yes. No. Adult league soccer. Be no, there. Nobody, Do it. Nobody could keep the... Nobody could keep up with anybody with the ball? I just couldn't keep up with all them. Yeah. Just kind of hang back. But anyway. We'll try it. Yep. So anyway, if that's not a kick in the grass, this is your Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. Appreciate you listening in today, and hopefully you'll be hearing from us soon. See ya. Bye. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.